in me is the Lord Harper to my Oliver Queen, Mr. Michael John Petty. What's going on, Michael? Not much, Rue. How about you? Um, it's going good. Daylight savings kick me in the butt once again, but we're getting to that a little later this time. What's this week's episode, sir? This week's episode is The Promise, which was directed by Glenn Winter and written by Jake Coburn, and and you can pronounce the other name. Ben Sokolowski, your favorite. Yep. I love, the, I love the guy. I just can't do his name. I don't know why. Yes. Sounds like you're breaking up with this dude. <laughs> are you afraid to go with Ben Sokolowski? I think I am. probably do that in the spoilers because if it's true that's a spoiler okay okay we'll get into that and if you want to listen to us listen to us in the spoilers okay all of us training on the island awesome 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 the origins of what he does in the arrow cave i thought it was just as good as what they do in the arrow cave i really did yeah. i thought it was really cool interesting too with the flashbacks moving forward is seeing how Oliver becomes who we see in the pilot in terms of him becoming a killer yeah. because we're going to see that throughout the flashbacks because he doesn't really truly become a hero until he comes back from the island I mean he is yeah. on the island but not in the same vein that he is after Tommy's death yes um, because we're starting to see in costume anyway not like superhero costume or anything but the beginnings of how Oliver in the look like in the first episode. Right. And we were, we were also seeing um, wh why why Oliver really doesn't want to talk about 
about his time on the island. Yes. Because if you thought it was bad before with Oliver getting cut up by Billy Wintergreen with and all of the other things like with like with like fires and everything, you ain't seen nothing yet. Right, exactly. That last that last that last, that last scene really did look like the version of um the kid in Dark Knight Rises. And really in the Miss Universe it kinda is. Yeah. Exactly. But, discussion for another day. <laughs> oh my. I, I thought the addition of the dream was really cool because I honestly didn't think we were going to see Selena Jade again, at least for any time in the foreseeable future, and I thought it was cool that they at least put her in a dream sequence, if anything else. Yeah. It, you know... I almost wonder if they're going to go with the plotline that Mirakuru can bring people back from the dead, because it'd be interesting if they did that with her. I doubt that would be the case, but it would be interesting. So do you think the Mirakuru is like their version of the Lazarus Pit? It could easily be. I don't know. Though. Okay, okay, yeah, when we get Jason Todd in a red room. Well, you can't do that without Batman. Yeah, but we'll, we'll, we'll get into that later. I really loved the, I really loved the, like, let's all, like, have one drink goodbye before we, like, go off to war. Yeah. And how creepy that whole, that whole liquor thing is later on in the episode when we go into prison time. Um, I'm really, I'm really kind of disturbed by Slate saying, we, we came into this island as strangers and we, we're now brothers. We'll, we'll get into that later because I have a problem with that, but we'll get into that when we go into the end of the episode. Taking out Freighter, I thought this was genius of, of, the, of the group of Oliver and Sarah and of Slate to have Oliver take the, um, um, the truth serum blocker and yes. how he stormed the Freighter. And I love how he how he says that he doesn't even have to act drunk. He's had so much practice before. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. that was a great line. That, that was a great line. That was probably one of my favorite Yeah, I thought the whole distraction thing was really cool. Like you said earlier, I really loved seeing the origins of how Oliver lit, lights the bonfire with uh, with the bone arrow. I thought that was really cool, especially since it was in the same place that it is in the pilot. So obviously he rebuilds that at some point, which is pretty sweet. We we got 
we've got a lot of the longbow hunters in in season one and in season one. In this instance, we're getting a lot of green arrow year one. Do you agree? Well, I think we had a lot of Green Arrow Year 1 to an extent with the flashbacks in Season 1, but I think because of the inclusion of fires, I think we had a lot of Mike Grell influence. So I think because there's a lot less fires here, we still have that Mike Grell influence, but it's probably closer to Year 1, yeah. No, 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 no. So we had a fire. It was over in the barn. Can you see? Oh, my. Oh, my. Bad. You see where I get the Green Arrow Year One? A lot of Green Arrow Year One looking things on the island. Yeah. Looking at the Deathstroke stuff, like just all over running around, moving like he does on the island. And I, I really loved him, Oliver kicking Major Butt in this episode on the freighter. He just goes through guys like nothing. So you see where Slade and Slade Yelpay and Shadow Stream has got him. Yeah. This point. Yeah. Um, Oliver versus Ivo. Um, is that is that Ivo's wife he's talking to on I, the radio? I, I think that's who they're telling you it is. Yeah. Is, does he have a wife in the comics? I believe so, but the problem with Ivo in the comics is he's kind of like an immortal being, so he's been around for a hundred years. Kind of like they did with Vandal, Vandal Savage in season seven of Smallville. Even though they didn't call him that, they called him, like, Curtis and Oxygen. Well, it's kind of funny, because if you've read the latest issue of uh, Smallville Alien, you kind of get a cameo from Smallville's Vandal Savage, and he actually has the Vandal Savage beard now, so it's kind of cool. But, um, yeah. So he's totally Vandal Savage now. Yeah. But, but yeah. Is, that the, is that the kind of similar thing that's wrong with Ivo here, that, like, he, he's in a... Well, he's not completely immortal yet, because of what happened to his hand, but he's doing this all for love. Yeah, at least that's how it is here on the show. He kind of has yeah. more mm, evil intentions in the comics, obviously. I mean, he is a supervillain after all, but here on the show, they try to justify it a little bit with that element. Okay, here's the thing with that. Why did he just say that to Oliver Spring and Sparrow? The shadow? Why didn't he just say that? Yeah, why didn't he just say, I'm doing this for my wife, please give me the better I, you know, he, you see my point? I, I definitely see your point. The only thing is he kind of says, yeah, I wasn't in my right mind at that time. Well, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, my, that's my biggest problem. If they didn't, if they didn't bring this storyline into this series, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have said, if he just omitted that, like, I would have no problem. But since they put that in there, it's like, well, why didn't you just say that to Shadow Slave and Sarah at the beginning and all? Well, and even earlier, uh, when he takes Anatoly, uh, the Oliver's Russian friend from the present, when he takes him and he's about to cut out his eye, and Anatoly says, "Look, my my family's Russian mafia; they'll pay for you, or they're, they'll pay for me." And he goes, "I have no need for money." Well, of course you have some sort of need for money because how else are you going to get supplies? How else are you going to get food? How else are you going to get this? Like, I don't think this guy thinks rationally at all. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that that was my one big problem with the episode in terms of story. I know I harp on story, 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 but I'm like, if that's the case, then why, why not just ask them for help so you can get off the island if that's all you want? 
kind of in a darker way. This is like, this is like, you know, kind of like a Norman Bates kind of thing where he says he loves, Norman Bates says he likes women, but he ends up, like, torturing them. Like, I will say he abhors violence, but he gets so much pleasure in killing and torturing. Right. It's, yeah, it's messed up. And it's a lot more subtle than the Joker or Scarecrow or the Dollmaker, in a sense. Because I, I like it when the characters in denial of enjoyment. It's funny to see them actually enjoying it, but it's also kind of fascinating to actually see them in, the, in denial of it. Well, not only that, but now adding the plot line that he's doing it for someone, that he has a quote-unquote good reason for everything, that's also another factor in that. Yeah, and also kind of shows later that he's a coward. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, uh, uh, we already talked about Oliver's distraction and getting caught. Sarah is like parachuting in with on on the green screen. Fun stuff. Fun stuff. That was pretty sweet. I'm not gonna lie. I really love. I'm that. sorry though, but that background looks so CG. I didn't even care. I, I, I just you're didn't so even caught, care. You're so caught up with it with Blake Neely's music and everything that's going on. You're so caught up, you don't even notice it, but I totally did. Well, and compared to the rest of the episode, too, like, it really is such a minor thing that it just doesn't even matter. Were you watching in HD? I was. Okay. Because, see, if you were just watching in standard, I could see, like, you wouldn't notice it, but I could totally notice it watching it on Hulu. Um... Um, Oliver vs. Ivo, this is the first time that they actually had a discussion and actually had a long conversation. Because before it was all about threatening before. Yeah. Now it's, okay, where are your friends? Where's the barracuda? I'm desperate. I'm going, I'm going to administer true serum. One of my favorite scenes ever was when Oliver has Ivo down and he has the arrow and he's about to finish out Ivo. But you can totally tell that Ivo knows that Slade's right there. Yeah. And, and, oh, ho, ho. And this was great work by the editing and the director when they cut, right when Slade learns the truth. And I love that, I love that, I love that, Slate just takes over down, because you know what he's feeling at that exact moment. Probably, probably some of the men you get its best acting in this episode. Absolutely. Yeah, overall. Um, I love I love the whole getting off the ship, very lame as a rob again. Didn't, didn't you love the one minister on the, on the ship? I love that guy. I hope he stays around for a while. Because I love the fact that you have, I, I love ministers like that. That yeah. know, that know, yeah, I mean, the worst part of how possible, but that, that's, the, that's the best place I could do God's work. I absolutely I love, love that. that. I absolutely love that. And the fact that Oliver I, smiled at that and agreed with it, I, it was fantastic. Well, well, I mean, I can, I mean, looking at that, it was like, yeah, like, if, if you're, if you're a minister and this is what you do, I think this would totally be the best place for you. And I kind of noticed that even, even like, I was men don't really want to hurt this guy because he's a male god. Right. Like, because nothing's really... Well, the whole point of torturing somebody is to break them. And if they're not breakable that way, then why, why do anything? It's a waste of time. Exactly. Um... <laughs> I, 
Now, I really liked when they were all jumping off the boat, and Oliver jumps off, and Slade just grabs him midair. Yeah. And throws like, him. Because I, I've got I've got my whole family into Arrow. So now my dad, my mom, my sisters, my brother, they, we all watch it now. Because it's just so good, and I had to get him into it. And it happens, and my mom, like, freaks out right as she he gets grabbed and thrown. Cause it was I hilarious. Say, I, here's the thing with that scene. I didn't see it coming, but I should have. Exactly. Because I, to- I, I totally thought Arrow would have gotten off the boat, and they would have just gone and found him. But no, he just grabs him midair and throws him back. Wow. Um, That's power. Yeah, and... and we don't really know what Slate's plan is about 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 uh, Amazo the Spider until we're back in there, and Slate takes it over. Probably one of the creepiest things ever is what Slate does to Otto. Yeah, that is one of the scariest things I've ever seen on on TV. Not ever, but on TV. Did he never do that kind of stuff on like an eight o'clock show? Maybe at nine o'clock, but never at eight o'clock. Well, show. and you'd never see that on Smallville. too. I I honestly don't think Slade has as much right as he claims he does to be mad about Shadow. I mean, 
I don't know. I, I would say that it, there was a point where he did. I would say that up until he figured out that it was quote-unquote Oliver's fault, he did. I don't know yeah. when that would have started, but I know it started somewhere. And it might and it might have been the, brief, but it was still there, I think. And here's the other thing that, um, that leads me to that conclusion. Everything that Oliver is is partly because of Slade. Yeah. And Oliver's taken more from Slade than given. Yeah. Yeah, and just right there, you can just say that Oliver, uh, like, Slade is completely justified in his eyes for what he's about to do to Oliver in present and in the, and in the flashbacks. I'm not condoning it, but I can understand completely where Slade is coming from. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I understand where he's coming from as well. I just, I don't, uh, obviously none of that was Oliver's intention. Yeah, none of it was Oliver's intention, but it is what it is. Yeah. And look at it from this po po point of view, too. Let's look at it from, from this point of view. Slate probably never would have fallen in love with Shadow to be given up, if not been for Oliver. Because they never would have met. Right. Oliver with Slate and Shadow. Right. And so, Slate's probably looking at it as... I never wanted to fall in love with this woman, but I did. And you took her away from me, both emotionally and physically. Now it's time for you to pay. Yeah. And I completely understand where Slate's coming from. I don't agree with it, but I understand completely. Yeah. And I th and I think too, if we if we think about it this way, I I, I truly I I get that Slate is upset because he did care for Shadow. But he truly doesn't have as much reason to be upset about it as Oliver does. It doesn't really matter to Slate. We find out in this episode of it doesn't. No, it doesn't. But Oliver loved Shadow, and Shadow loved Oliver. And Oliver is only alive because of Shadow's father, as well as Shadow, and vice versa. Yeah. But he's also alive because of Slate. He's also alive because of Slate, but initially I would say because of the outfit. And that's why, why Slate feels so Slate. Because really, Oliver's done nothing for Slate at all. Okay. And, you can in, argue. In essence, in essence, it probably would have been better for Slate to die. Yeah. Because, you know... Be it, be it through good intention, Oliver, Oliver kind of cursed Slade. Again, not his intention, but it is what it is. Yeah. I'm just trying to play devil advocate here, because Slade's not acting like a crazy person. He's acting like a heartbroken guy who's been stripped of everything by the one person he trusted who's really given him nothing back. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's backed him up. But other than that, it's yeah, been there for him, but other than that. that. Yeah. Especially when the kid could barely throw a punch and now he's a fighter. Well, and let's be honest, too. I think Slade is more mad that um, Shadow loved Oliver than literally anything else. Yeah, and really, he can't be mad at Shadow because he loves her. Right, so, so he's going to take so it out on the one that she loved. 
So that and and that and that's fiction one oh one, let's be honest. Yeah. It's always the reason why people keep going back to that because it's always worked and it's something that most of us can relate to as people. Well and I mean right or wrong, and it definitely is wrong, but that's just how it is. In the, yeah, at least and, in the story. And I don't want to take this into a deeper tone here, but the base of this story is two guys love the same woman, one guy a very noble man who got broken emotionally. Strip away errors, strip away mercury, strip away comic books, strip away all that stuff. That's what this story is about. And that's why it works. Yeah. Because Sonic realizes now there's no going back for him. He's a monster and he's always going to be a monster. Well, and even though he has a wife and even though he has a son back home, he can't do. He can't go back. He can't go back now because of the mercury. Right. Like... There's no, there's no going back for it. And yes, all of that is Oliver's doing. Not maybe Oliver's fault, but it's all Oliver's doing. Yeah. And that's why he makes the promise that he does, that he's going to make Oliver suffer in a way the same way he did, because, like Dan said in The Dark Knight Rises, and that's where I got this from, you know, you, you don't... Death, death isn't something to be feared. It's inevitable for everybody. Right. Yeah. Living with pain, that's worse than actually dying. Dying is actually a quick process in a lot of, in a lot of ways. Especially in the ways that Oliver's talking about slavery. That'd be easy. Exactly. And, and also because Slade wants to see Oliver suffer. It's not so much about Oliver suffering, he wants to see him suffer. Exactly. Yep. And he couldn't really, and I'm assuming he couldn't really do it in the do it on the island because Sarah either either thinks Oliver's dead and moves and gets lost at sea, and that's where the League of Assassins pick her up, or she's just gone and she can't she can't kill he can't kill Sarah, so that's why he's back now. Also, he probably assumes that Oliver's either. Before he shows back up in Sonic City as the Green Arrow, probably, probably just assume Oliver's dead and he can't get his vengeance. But now that he knows he's alive, probably because of the earthquake last season. Yeah. Well, if not just of the rumors of the Starling City Hood. Yeah. The vigilante. Yeah. And probably the same report Sarah saw, Slay saw as well. And, and you know what? This is where I'm really liking the flashbacks more and more and more. Yeah. Because a, a lot, a lot of this, a lot of these flashbacks from season one and this season are this like it's like connect the dots. Okay, let's go to the freighter. We need to get back on the freighter. Oh no, the, the freighter's gone. We have no communication. Blah, 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 blah. Like this was all. This was all there from season one to season two, like A to, A to B to C. Now that they, now it's an actual story now. Put them all in the freighter. Mm-hmm. Well, and, I think they've done a lot better of that with season two. I think they looked back at season one and realized where they needed to improve in terms of the flashback yeah. story, and they did it. You're talking about my complaints? Well, not just necessarily your complaints, because I don't even agree with all your complaints, but I mean, I just think in general, just the things that maybe didn't work as well as what happens. But, in a the lot world. of those things, I'm not, I'm not trying to put myself over here, but a lot of the things are like the things that I brought up in, in the podcast. Not saying that they listen to my suggestions, but 
But you know but what though? People, but you yeah. know what though? It worked and it was okay and people still enjoyed it. And maybe not you, but everyone else. And, and I'll get, and I'll get, and I'll get more into this on a tangent time next week. But not next reason, week, the week after. The reason why I'm so critical is. Entertainment is one of the only things that I find joy in in my life. Like, my life is pretty tough. Like, my life is in a constant state of conflict from the time I wake up from the time I go to sleep. This is why when I sit down to watch a TV show that I like or a movie, I really do, don't want to be, I want to be given the full name and you that's a baloney. If that makes sense. Yeah. I think you're. I think I thought you were a little too critical of the Odyssey, but that's just me. But okay, let's not pretend to talk about the Odyssey for a second. My main problem with the Odyssey was you had the island story, then you had Felicity and Diggle talking about just random stuff. But that was because Oliver was in a coma. Yes, and I understand that this was just one continuous story from the present to the past. And it melded really well. Yeah. I don't don't disagree with you. I think The Promise is better than The Odyssey, but I don't see a whole lot of fault in The Odyssey. And see, part of the the reason I didn't like The Odyssey is we really didn't know where the first prince were going to go. The shadow really wasn't, like, established yet, and we really didn't know what Ivo's plan was. Well, and Ivo wasn't even in it. It was Fires. Ivo, Fires, Fires, sorry. And it was the first... Either the first or second episode with Slade in it. Yeah. But but now we know what this thing is going to be. And I mentioned it a little bit before, earlier in the podcast, but I'll mention it again. Now we now we pretty much have a really good feel. That's, that's, an, that's an oxymoron statement I just made. Now, now we know kind of... I did it again. With the flashbacks, we... We we know where the flashbacks are going to go now, more than we ever had before. At least in terms of the story between Slade and Oliver. I can see Slade dying in the present, but not the past. Well, he can't die in the past. He's in the present. Well, I'm just saying, well, yeah, I understand that. What I meant was, there's a way you can keep Manny Bennett on the show without having him in the present. Gotcha. Because I'm looking at it like, and I said it a couple weeks ago, this is pretty much the earliest version of X-Men Origins Wolverine in terms of Sabretooth and Wolverine. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing, too. If they have Slade on in the flashbacks for the rest of the season, or maybe even the first half of next season, and then take him out and keep him alive in the present to bring him back whenever they feel like, I'd be okay with that, too. Because Slade doesn't need to be there for every year of Island, or of, uh, island Story. Because here's the thing with Slade, he's very, here's the thing with Manny Bennett, I should say, he's very similar to Malcolm Merlin, John Berryman, is he's too, too good not to keep him around. Yeah. Kind of like how John Glover was on Smallville, as Lionel Luther. They're very similar. Like, you, like you want to see them die, but you can't lose them because it brings so much to the table. Well, 
Well, and I love how they did that on Smallville, too, not to harp on this for too long, but they killed him in Season 7, and then they still found a way in Season 10 to bring him back. Because yeah. they knew he was really, so good. can't really do that, do that in this show, I don't think. No, probably not. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe one day, but doubtful. Yeah. But even still, that version of Lionel Luther wasn't Season 10 Lionel Luther wasn't the same Lionel Luther that we knew. Right. Exactly. Anyway. But going to the present... Some of the most unsettling things ever, and I love how Stephen Amell played it. Yeah. I love, I love how he played it. I love how uncomfortable he was, and he just wanted everybody out of there. Loved, loved, loved that Susanna Thompson, Moira Queen, doesn't know a darn thing, and neither does Sophia. Yeah. And I love his... Slate's pointed gaze is when he's talking about losing a loved one and losing someone he loves and blah blah blah. Yeah, and and I and that and, part where he talked, where she he asked is asked about a family if he has a family or not. Ugh. because the whole time I was screaming at the TV, I'm like, "You have a family! Dang it, go find them already! Leave Oliver alone!" One of the few times we've actually seen Oliver scared. Yeah. Not for himself, but for his mom and his sister. Um, before we move on, I wanted to say this. More of a get over yourself, please. Yeah. Just be done. Yeah. Or just die at the end of sleep. Uh, you know, I still think she probably will be the one to die this year. Because here's the, here's the thing, and I never really thought about this until, the, until I was prepping for this episode. If she had just told Oliver the truth about who says, or that's her, who says real followers, there'd be no problem. No. There wouldn't be. There wouldn't be. Like, what do you think Oliver's going to tell Thea who her her real father is? No. No. But at least then Oliver knows. Yeah, and then they could still be the mother and son. This is all Moira's fault. Yeah. Okay, she didn't know that Malcolm is still alive. Yeah, but really, but that really changed much. Well, she's the only one who knows that Malcolm's alive. Yeah, but it really wouldn't change anything from a story standpoint. No. Malcolm's running for his life because the League of Assassins are after him. And, you know, it wouldn't change anything. Oh, this is Moira's fault. Right. She should have just told Oliver the truth. Well, and to an extent, too, like, I'm, I, like, I know at one point I was kind of like, yeah, Felicity was right to tell Oliver, but on another level, I don't think she was right to tell Oliver, because it wasn't that's her secret I, That's to what speak. I was saying in that episode, it's like, why is this, why is this your responsibility? Yeah. Why is this any of your business? Because I get that Felicity is doing it because she wants to keep Oliver safe and in the loop and protect him to an extent, but at the same time, it's not really her secret to tell. Yeah. Well, and it's not like it was it was the first time that she's done that with Oliver with secrets before because she brought Barry uh, Allen into the Arrow Cave and revealed Oliver's identity without any anything from Oliver. Yeah, and now that now that was a little di- now that was a little different because that was to save his life. I'll give her that yeah, one. So, but even like, so, she had, she, had no, she had no right to go into this. And rem- remember, and I told, and I said this in that episode that we did. Because before, like, Walter asked 
Felicity to do something. That's different. Yeah. This this she had this she had no right in doing. Yeah. And I and to to an extent because of that, I'm glad she wasn't used a whole lot in this episode. Even even though the present uh, scenes were the were quote unquote the flashbacks of this episode, she still wasn't used a whole they lot. Really were, okay they really were in that sense, weren't they? Yeah. But, I never but, looked at it that way, but like you're right. Like there was very little present day stuff. Cause she's li- only li- she's literally only on screen for about thirty to forty five seconds. And I was com- and, totally okay with that because that's all she needed and, to be in it. And really, Roy and Sarah and Bigel weren't, weren't there for, like, that long either. They were only on screen for, like, a combined five minutes. Yeah. That. Yeah. I thought it was handled very well. And I, I love that Theo was brought in. I love that Theo just came in because it made it worse. I was like, oh. When she looked in, it was like, oh, Theo, I get to go Yeah. I, I did think it was kind of cheap, cheap though, that the only reason Slate got in there was to put cameras in the Queen of State. But does it surprise you? No, not really. Yeah. And, and really, it makes sense, especially since this is episode 15, I think, that he needed to do this sooner or later before the season ended. And didn't the end when he's looking at the computer monitors did not did that not remind you of the of Watchmen at all? It kind of reminded me of the Joker's thing in the reason run of the New Fifty Two. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And and really, the, and I said this last week. This shows that he he being Slade has no faith in Sebastian Blood whatsoever. I wouldn't either, but you know. Yeah. No, exactly. I I re- I really thought it was cool how we had Oliver, Sarah, and Roy all surrounding him in the house, and he knew exactly what was going on. baby. I I and I love how Slade knew exactly what was going on. Yeah, that and was he fantastic. Knows that Roy's on the Mary crew by the handshake. Yep, that was cool too. And I like the non-committal looks that he gives to Oliver, gives to Roy, like don't do it, don't do anything. Yeah. Well, and when he sees Sarah coming down the stairs, the look in Slade's eye. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Literally. Literally in Slade's eye because that's all he had. Yeah. Well, he looks like he's about ready to snap, but he knows not to. Oh. Uh, and I love that look. It's like, oh, Sarah. Yeah. He's like, this just keeps getting better. Yeah. Because not only do I get to kill Wall, but I get to kill Sarah, too. And then how he has his men take out Diggle. Oh, my gosh. Is that his men or is that a man of all his men? That would have been his men because he said, my men have already taken out John Diggle. Don't worry, he's alive. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because he doesn't want to kill anybody yet. He wants all of the witness of anything. Well, I think he wants to keep Oliver in suspense for a little bit, too. Yeah. Because he, he thinks this whole Green Arrow, like... You know, tough guy thing is just a, a facade. Yeah. You know it's not, but he really wants to see Oliver's dark side. And, and, and when Slate said that at the end of the episode, I was just thinking, oh yeah, you're going to see it, and it's going to bite you in your ass. <laughs> now, it would be really interesting. Now, obviously, this is not a possibility at all, but it would have been really interesting to see what he would have done to Tommy if Tommy were still alive. Yeah. 
I love the look on Sarah's face when Oliver dials, dials um, the arrow cave. And yes. she's like, oh my god. No. Yes. The one time Felicity's snooping on Oliver actually paid off. I'm glad she was smart enough to put it on speaker. Yeah. I was really glad that she was smart enough to put it on speaker. Because she, should, she could have just hung up the phone. Yeah. But I'm glad she didn't. Yep. And yes, ladies, drinking in. Drinking in cold haze with his shirt off, drinking in, and some guys. Cold haze, I hate you because your body is so toxic. <laughs> and I mean that in a totally straight way, by the way, because it can never look like that. <laughs> I'm five two. Guys, five two can't look that cutting ripped. They could, I guess. But it looks weird. It does look weird. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Those little, so, those jacked little short guys. Yeah, that creeps me out a yeah, little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Colin, Colin Harris, you, you suck for being tall, good looking, and cut. There you go. Yeah, there That's you go. Good. I said it. You are my Jennifer Lawrence in that aspect, sir. And I thought it was kind of funny, too, how literally all of Team Arrow except Oliver is in the Arrow Cave. <laughs> so, all of Team Arrow except yeah, Arrow yeah, is yeah, in the Arrow Cave. It happens to be there all at the same time when they're never there. Yeah. <laughs> Together. And did you notice it was Felicity and Diggle they came in together? I'm like, aww. So yeah, cute. And they just so happened to bring in um, Takeout, which by the way, and I know Michael's going to hate me for this because it took me this long. I had my first fat burger this week. Yeah. And it lives up to its name because it was fattening. Yep. Oh, so for any of you, for any of our listeners that have been to a fat burger, I think they're only on the West Coast, I think. They may be in other places too. I need to look that up. But um they are the, some of the most fattening burgers because they don't take any of the grease out. That's a good burger, Walter. Yes. And and even and even like the reason I bring up fat burger is Big Belly Burger's logo and the way the restaurant looks Looks a lot like Fat Burger. Yeah. Like, to the T. Yeah. I know it's from the comics, but the design of the restaurant looks exactly like Fat Burger. Yeah, exactly. And, and if you never knew, you go try one. Some of the nicest people in a burger restaurant, too. Very nice, very kind people. But you don't really see any fast food restaurants. No, you really don't. It's always a, It's always a pleasure to see those people. Because they're really nice. Because some of these people have been working at the restaurant for like 15 years because they love it so much over there. Yeah, which is, is really strange, but at the same time, I'm really happy for those people. Yeah, I went, I went, I went, I went into the Fat Burger mainly because they have one of those Coca-Cola jet machines. Oh, yeah. Those machines. You know, you know what I'm talking about with the, the screen? This has nothing to do with Arrow, but... If, you, if you've seen those Coca-Cola jet machines with, like, the touch screen, you can make, like, your, like, you can make your own Coke or Sprite. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I'm in there. Because I love those machines. Those are really cool. Like, I don't even drink Coke or Sprite, but those are really cool. I want, I want one in my apartment. <laughs> that would be yeah. sweet. I would have way too much fun with that. I had a cherry vanilla Coca-Cola. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I think I think that's close to the end of the episode. Like again, Diggle gets knocked out by a slave man. We see him put cameras in the clean estate. No, no, no action. Nora being a female dog because she she calls out Oliver for being rude. And 
was as polite as he could be under the circumstances. You know what, though? Quite honestly, if I were in Oliver's situation, I would just tell Mora. Because I would not want her anywhere near Slade. Yeah, but at the same time, he doesn't know what Slade's going to do either. Right. Which is the only concern. Yeah. But... I would, I would have told her. Like, when you, like, literally, like, when Thea walked in, I was like, don't you touch her, Slade. Yeah. And that's what Oliver is thinking, too. Yeah, and that's why Roy is just, like, just so focused on getting over there. Yeah. But, was Sarah's acrobatics in the Queen Estate, I thought that was cool how she opened the window. Yeah. How about, but... Before I go, how about the one guy who's just an angry prisoner that chokes Sarah on the freighter? Yeah, Henrik, I think, is his name. Yeah, is he from the comics? No, he is not. Neither is the uh, neither is Thomas Flynn, the pastor guy. Okay, I want to see more of that guy. I like that dude. Well, both of them made it to the island with Anatoly and Sarah, so... Flash Ford and Thomas Flynn is a bouncer at Anatoly's bar, drinking <laughs> yourself silly and having a lot of orgies with women. Oh my. <laughs> this would be really ironic for me. Oh my. And, and, and the guy that tried to choke Sarah, he's actually a minister now? <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> yeah, I just think that would be really funny. Anyway, I know we kind of skipped over everything, but this one episode is really, really tight. There wasn't really a lot of minor details to it. Yeah. Um, Again, love Team Arrow teaming up. I love how everybody was on the same page. Love that Roy kept his cool under the circumstances. Yeah, I mean, he didn't go in hot-headed or anything like that, which is a shocker for him, but I'm glad that that worked out. And I'm glad he listened to Sarah and Oliver. Yes. Because he's not Arsenal yet, and he's still technically the Red Arrow, and I'm glad that the ward is listening to the elders. Because it's what ward shit do. Yeah. Um, again, Moira checked herself. I wanted to smack her after she put that thing on her. Yeah. It's like, he saved her life just now. You don't know it, but he did. Yeah. Obviously, it doesn't matter. Yeah, obviously. It won't matter when somebody put his katana through you this season. Speaking of katana, that would be a really cool character to have on the show. Especially with her League of Assassins ties. Yeah, we'll probably see her later. But, um, strong part of five. Absolutely. And actually, no, because I think I gave Odyssey four out of five last year. I would give, I'd probably give The Promise five out of five. I just thought I just thought it was done better than Odyssey was. I, and I love Odyssey. It was just yeah. promises. Glenn Winter, Glenn Winter, he's great as a cinematographer, but he also great as a director. And he, he showed his talent here in this episode. I will say I, I'm really looking forward already to next season's Island Centric episode. Yeah. And it has to have the on the title because that's that's how they've done it thus far. Do you think that's going to be a theme now, that we're just going to have one island-centric episode? Because that's fine. I would have no problem with that. I, I think you should, only because I think it helps move the plot forward faster. And I would love either Jeff Jones or Jeff Jones or Jed Winnick to write that episode. Oh, yeah. 
I heck, bring Mike Grell or uh, what uh, Diggle on. Andy Diggle. Because Jed Jed Winnick is like I think he said it a couple of times he's open to writing an episode. He should, and I really I still think Kevin Smith should do one with Onomatopoeia, but yeah, Kevin um, Kevin Smith. You may love him, you may hate him, but he can write a good comic. Oh yeah. And I and I I think I think it means before before the series ends, one of those guys, Jed Winnick or or Kevin. I don't I don't know what um Mr. Grill is doing, but I I, I hope J- Jed Winnick and Kevin Smith, even one of them, like writes an error episode before the series is done. At least Mike Grell has written some of the uh, comics for Arrow. Okay. At least he's helped yeah, do that. Or, and do the yeah. art. So that's good. Yeah, I would be more open to, to um, Kevin Smith because writing a comic and writing a TV show are kind of different. Yeah. Jeff Jones and BQM are like two of the examples that I can think of that can do both really, really well. BQM, who co wrote the next episode? Yes. And we're still trying to get him on when he's available. Because I'd really like to talk to him. I would, too. I think that'd be really cool. Um, Easter egg times. Easter egg times. And then we'll get to Twitter stuff. Yes. uh, This week's DC Universe Easter eggs. I was a little shocked. Because there weren't really a whole lot of obvious ones in this episode. There really wasn't. There, there really, really wasn't. It, it was strictly an Arrow episode. It wasn't, like, there was a lot of DC Universe stuff in it, but not really any Easter eggs. So I guess all I could find this week were Oliver being in the hood on the island. Oliver first taking on that hood and actually becoming the hood and becoming the vigilante to an extent. You have Slade in the mask, because this is the first time we've ever seen Slade in his Deathstroke mask. In terms of his original Deathstroke no, mask, we've seen it in a box in stores. We've never actually seen him put it on. Yeah, the only person we've seen with it on on the island flashbacks was Wintergreen, and he's dead. So it was really yeah, cool to see Slade with it. We never saw Wintergreen without the mask. Yeah, so we got we got Green Arrow and Deathstroker origins, and then in the present, as we have Slade in the Queen Mansion, I would account this as a DC Universe Easter egg only because there have been multiple times throughout Green Arrow's uh, comic history where where Slade has just flat out invaded the Queen Mansion. And just that's flat. disturbing. That's disturbing to me. That's like the Joker in the Queen Mansion. Yeah, it, it's I mean it's it's really scary every time he does it. And there's but there was a time where he did it with Doctor Light too, which was even worse. So and here's the thing with Rondo Ghoul. You Rondo Ghoul can walk into those places, but you don't, you know he's not really gonna do anything. Rondo is one of the few people that when he walks in you just want to talk. Yeah. Well, and what's really scary, too, is, like, in the comics, when Bane inv- invaded the Wayne Manor and just beat Batman up. Yeah, broke his back. Yeah, broke his back during Nightfall, so that, yeah. that in and yeah. itself was really fun of in Robot Chicken DC Universe, one of the funniest shows I've seen. I cannot wait for part two of that. It's coming out in April. Yeah, I'm so excited. Thing. I'm so excited. Um, okay. um again, again, I don't... No Quentin Ross and no Laurel. I don't know where you put them. Yeah, you didn't really need them in this episode. Yeah, you really didn't. Need them. Thing is, they kind of like closed Sarah and Laurel thing for the time being. It's fine. It's completely fine. Um, I think it's time to go to Twitter's fault. I want to give a quick shout out to to a new friend of mine named Hope Monix, who does a her own podcast. Big, big, big comic and geek fan. Um. She wants to get into Arrow, but she really just doesn't have time just because of her job. 
y'all want to give a shout out to her. And also to Bill Meeks, one of the um, hosts of uh, Once Upon a Time podcast called Readings from Storybook. Um, also, also a big comic fan. Really loved talking to them about a lot of the new stuff coming from DC. Um, I want to I want to say this before we get into Twitter's thoughts. There, there is this kind of theory going around that Marvel is really good at their films and DC is really good at their TV shows. We'll get into more of that into a tangent next week. But do you kind of concur with that statement? I mean, yeah, I agree. I think DC definitely is rocking it with the live-action television content. I, However, I do think Man of Steel is on the same level of quality as Thor, The Dark World, and Iron Man 3, if not better, in my but opinion. generally accepted, though, that's, that's the kind of theory that's going on, and I concur with that. Yeah. Derek Russell said it on Geek Out Loud, and you know what? The more I think about it, the more I concur with that statement, just because, like, and really... <laughs> That's what makes Marvel, Marvel and DC, DC, they're like polar opposites of each other. Well, and quite honestly, it's really a no-brainer. If, if, no if you can't see that, or at least admit that on some level, that that's how it is right now, then, I mean, there's something wrong. It's a, it's a, it's a no-brainer, but I can't believe it took me this long to figure that out. That's what I'm bringing out. Gotcha. Anyway, Lauren from TV Ever After, you're a girl. She, she is, but she didn't send anything in this week, so maybe not this week. We only got two this week, unfortunately, and I even I even tweeted live during the episode, so I don't know what's wrong with you people. Come on, uh, we got come on, come on arrowheads. We got Jules who said could be a promising setup for the rest of the series. Definitely a good episode. Verdant Arrow said. A promise is made and kept. Great fight scene on the ship. Intro to Flynn, aka the Vigilante? Question mark. And Russian mobs. The Russian mobster returns. Uh, what she's referencing is the uh, is Flynn Thomas Flynn, the passer guy. If you and I did this myself. If you actually type in Thomas Flynn DC Comics, you get a reference to the character of the Vigilante. But it's because it was the last name of one of the creators and a name of a character in his book. So it actually, that's not actually because who it I remember, is. I remember that, I, I can recall that name because I've heard that name a bunch of times. Yeah, it, it, yeah it's, it's not actually a character. He's not a pastor. Yeah, he, he, the vigilante is not actually uh, Thomas Flynn in the comics. So so I, I definitely get that there was definitely some confusion there. I, I had to do research myself. It, it's not the same character. So d- don't, a, don't worry about that. And that's something that Casper and Gugino should really like about. I'm not saying that they should, but just to, just to clarify that little thing, because that really was confusing to me. Yeah, and that's totally fair. Yeah. So, um, with, with that being said, are we ready to get into the closing, Lou, or do you have any other closing remarks to say? Um, I, I'm really, I'm really, really pleased about the positive feedback we've been getting for the podcast. Michael retweeted something that, that we were trending last week, were we, Michael? I believe so. Yes, I can't. I can't believe that. That 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 is a highlight for us at this podcast, and we'd really like to thank really all of our fans for listening to us every week. We don't say that enough, and we should. We just want to say thank you so much for your support. So we have a Google Plus page. We have a Facebook page where I posted. I posted many things like the Annie trailer that Michael loves so much. Didn't you, Michael? Ugh, stop. Oh. Um, 
We have we have a website called acrosstheairwaves.com. Acrosstheairwaves.com. There is an iTunes link on that website. If you are an iTunes user, if you buy a lot of music, iBooks, podcasts, TV shows, movies, please do it through our website. If you do it, we get a cut of it. If you want to email us, our email is acrosstheairwaves at gmail.com. Acrosstheairwaves at gmail.com. We we have a lot of Twitter to you. The normal ATA Twitter at Across Airwaves. There's no the. It's just at Across Airwaves. The, the, the podcast, the Twitter for this podcast is at Arrow Podcast. That is at Arrow Podcast. My personal Twitter is at WSK9002. At WSK9002. Michael is at MJ37. Please tweet at us that you find us through the ATA. The various ATA podcasts, and then we'll follow you back. Um, Michael, we have this new deal with Mixed Radio. Would you like to expand on that, sir? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Uh, the Mixed Radio is an online radio network that you can listen to for free. You can listen to it uh, by download by either going to their website. I believe you can listen to it live off of there, and you can also download an iOS, a free iOS app uh, for the Mixed Radio Network. Mix is spelled M-I-X-X. There are two X's there, and Actually, all the Across Airwaves shows, that being Across Airwaves, um, Longbow Hunters, um, DC Nation, okay. and Helicarrier. I, I think we'll probably put Tangent Time in Longbow Hunters slot uh, when, we're, when we're off for Longbow Hunters, so we'll probably still have Tangent Time in there as well. We all get uh, separate days and separate times during the week where we get to play our latest episode live on their network. So for Longbow Hunters, it's Wednesday night at 6 p.m., you can listen to the latest episode of Longbow Hunters right before you watch Arrow, yes. and it will be and it will be live on that site. So it's pretty cool. I, I think we're really excited about it here at ATA. Definitely, definitely a big opportunity for us, and definitely a way for you guys to be able to listen to us easier and maybe more conveniently throughout the week. And there's one more way to contact us. We have a voicemail number for that is one seven seven three eight two zero nine. that's about it guys definitely check out um tangent time next week because we will be we will we will still be on air we will still be podcasting next week on our tangent time episode we're going to be talking about a lot more than just arrow but we'll probably talk about arrow a little bit and then be back here Spider-Man, for... Guardians of the Galaxy, yep. Transform- Transformers trailer that just came out yep I, I have a topic maybe that we could talk about as well um and yeah. then be back the next week for an episode about the Suicide Squad, which we cannot wait for, and we'll talk about more in the spoilers. Yes, yes, yes. So, my name is Willis King, his name is Michael John Teddy, and we'll see you next week across the line. See you later, guys. Thanks, guys, for joining us. Have a great week. Bye bye.
There's a new player we've been tracking. We've been calling him Deathstroke. Find him. You can't go out there by yourself. It's suicide. Welcome to the Suicide Squad. I wanna take you down. I wanna take you out. Bingo. Stop me from shooting me right now. Honor. I know exactly how this brotherhood works. Arrow, all new. Wednesday, March 19th on The CW. The CW official description for the episode of Arrow entitled Suicide Squad reads, Amanda Waller sends the Suicide Squad out on their first mission. Following Slade's return and his promise to make good on his threat to destroy Oliver's loved ones, Oliver focuses all his energy on preparing for battle with his former friend. Sarah tries to help, but fearing for her safety, Oliver pushes her away. Meanwhile, Diggle is recruited by Amanda Waller and Argus to stop a warlord he knew from his time in Afghanistan. Always a soldier, Diggle agrees to help. However, he is not prepared when Amanda introduces him to the rest of his team, Deadshot, Bronze Tiger, and Shrapnel, all criminals he and Arrow helped put away. Lila defends the team and explains the world is a complicated place, but Diggle isn't sure he agrees. When the mission takes a dangerous turn, Diggle is forced to make a difficult decision. Larry Tang directed the episode written by Ken Ke- Kito Shimizu and Ryan Q. Miller. Yeah. Yes. And, and what are your thoughts about this? I know you've been waiting for this for months. I, uh, I cannot wait. I cannot wait for this episode. Not not just because it's a Diggle-centric episode, which in and of itself makes me really excited, but also and because... You needed it? Yes, and we and needed you it. you needed it? We did. Really, he's done nothing for like the last six episodes. Well, and also because this episode is basically a sequel to Keep Your Enemies Closer, which is an, was another Diggle-centric episode, which I absolutely loved. So, and plus we get to see all these great villains that that we've seen Arrow and Diggle take down, and now Diggle has to work alongside them. So how cool is what? that? Plus Amanda Waller. Well, and, well, and like, this is what we, we should have gotten with Smallville Season 10, let's be honest. Yeah. And I like that it's all people that Oliver and Diggle put away. Yeah. Even if it was just a one-shot, like Sean Mar was Sean. Yeah. Um, I'm 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 not a big as big a fan as Michael is with Suicide Squad, but I love their contribution to the DC universe because on the great DVD Blu-ray, I don't know if Michael's seen it about the DC villains. It pulls off the Amanda Waller a little bit, and one of the great things about Amanda Waller, which we've seen on our very soon, she's not a villain. She's not a good guy. She just is. Yeah. Like, she's always middle of the road, which always makes her a very compelling character. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't think we're going to see much of Oliver in this episode. If we are, he's going to be in a B story, which I don't really like, but for the purposes of this episode, I can see it working, which is fine. Well, and based on how the pro- how the promise went and how Oliver-centric it really was, I think it's okay. Yeah, it is only one episode. Yeah, and it's not like he won't be back in the limelight the next episode. So, I'm I'm not really too worried about it, especially since it's a Diggle. Ramsey's kind of been shafted storyline wise. Let's be honest. Yeah, well, and that's largely in part due to Roy's bigger role and Sarah coming aboard and all that. It's it's understandable, but I really I'm not I'm not as big of a of a David Ramsey fan as Michael is, but I can totally understand like people's frustration about David Ramsey just, like, being, like, a side character of a side character. Yeah. 
But, so. but he really was the only side character we had on the series initially. Yeah. So, I yeah. Let's keep Diggle around as long as we possibly can, and let's keep giving him good standalone episodes, too. I, I love the fact that PQM is writing this episode. Well, he's a great character writer, so I think he's going to do great with, with Diggle as well as the other villains of the Suicide Squad. Plus, he's written Amanda Waller before. And I can't, and I can't really, I don't remember the, the episode, second, second to last of Smallville that he wrote with, um, and Cofell Saunders, you know what I'm talking about, it's Smallville, right, in season 10? Yes, I'm trying to remember which episode it was. I, uh, it wasn't Kent. No, that was the one before. But you, but, but you know the episode we're talking about here, folks. So, uh, some of you do. He writes multiple villains very well. Yes. Thank you, Miller. And even though that was one of the like legal superheroes and not um, Suicide Squad, it's still, you can still write it kind of similarly. Was it Prophecy? Yeah, yeah. So was it was Prophecy? And I'm not trying to just shield, but I will kind of. They're doing this, they're doing the whole spy espionage thing better than children. Yes. Well, and I, and the fact that it's a bunch of villains who are going to be doing it in this next episode, as opposed to the good guys like we see in S.H.I.E.L.D., I don't know. Maybe they yeah. need to step up their game a little bit. I, I'll tr- I'm trying really hard not to diss S.H.I.E.L.D., I really am, but compared to Arrow, it's pretty small fry. I'll be honest. Yeah. That that being said, that being said, woo, and I and I kind of feel bad about this now. But Lauren just tweeted in. Should we read her tweets? Yeah, because you know what, she just tweeted in. Let's read her tweets. Um, tweet her back and say, yeah, we we gave you major tweet in the spoilers. Just let me know where. Yep. All right, Lauren from TV Ever After said about the last episode we were talking about the prophecy. I thought it was a good episode, although I wasn't surprised the Death of Shadow drove a wedge between Oliver and Slade. To be honest, I liked the Odyssey better, since I liked the banter between Ollie and Slade. I liked the uh, levativity there. Which is, which is an interesting perspective, because that's the first time I've heard that. Is that what you liked about the Odyssey? I, really, I did like that a lot about the Odyssey, and I really liked how they fleshed out the flashbacks with the episode, as well as how they did it in terms of explaining what's going on in the present. Because the whole reason that they did the episode, the flashback episode with the Odyssey was because Oliver was in a coma during the episode. And it made sense. Yeah, yeah and really, I, I, don't, I don't like that. I don't like that for, like, doing an episode. Do an episode because it makes sense. Don't, don't, don't just do it just because, uh, because of a plot point. But this is my style writing. Oh, let it go. Yeah. Let it go. Anyway, you wanted to talk about a certain character who's possibly going to be in this episode. Because everybody on the whole minute is So apparently, Harley Quinn may possibly show up in this episode in a cameo. Yes, capitalize that word apparently. Yeah. Now, from from behind, from behind, the character does look like Harley Quinn. So I will give people that. Um, is it going to be Harley Quinn? I, you know, honestly, I don't know. I, I. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised if it is. Sorry, I'm mesmerized by my desktop right now because the Apple logo on the my desktop is reflecting on, and it's making like a bad signal esque logo on my desk. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm mesmerized by that, but because it's so cool. I knowing 
in this show, I could see it happening. Because Harley's got all her own standing, all her own. It really has nothing to do with Batman or the Joker. Well, not only that, but right now, she's actually the main character of the Suicide Squad book. Like, and like she, with the New 52, she became a member of it, and she's pretty much a main character of that book. So it makes sense it, that with the whole Argus upplay that they're doing in the DC Universe, both in the comics and on Arrow, that they would put her in this episode, even if it's just a cameo. Yeah, and good thing that you don't... I hope she doesn't say anything, because then you have to go into the whole backstory of how she got that way. Yeah, and, and quite frankly, you can't have Harley Quinn without the Joker, and you can't have Joker without Batman. So there would be a whole lot of explanation there. Yeah. And, and in, that sense, in that sense, I would want them to call her Harley and Quinzel. I think that's her full name. I think that's her full name. Yeah, Harley and Quinzel, yep. Yeah. I hope they just call her that instead of Harley Quinn. But the hardcore fans would know that that's who that is. Or even if they just say Harley, I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Yes, because if you have her speak, then we have to go into the entire backstory of how she got that way. Yeah. And then you have to explain the Joker and blah, 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 blah. Like, what I think they should do is when Amanda Waller is walking with Diggle down the down the cells, Diggle should just quickly look into there and see her back turned. And you just briefly see her, and she maybe turns around for half a second, and Diggle looks away. Can she can giggle? Yeah. She can be. She can giggle like Harley does, and that's fine. I have no problem with that. But yeah. I really, I really have a problem with it because if you say that's Harley Quinn, she talks, then you have to go through the entire backstory of that. If we don't, if we don't have time. Ain't, ain't nobody got time for that. Agreed. Especially this last <laughs> season. Agreed. Agreed. If this was the beginning of the season, sure. If this was like episode four of season three, I would have been like, fine. Well, and here's the thing, too. They really have to decide at this point and make it clear to us fans if Arrow is connected to Man of Steel or not, especially with the Flash show coming out, especially if they want to expand their little DC universe that they have going on on the CW. They have to figure this out, and they have to let us know. But no, Michael, but no, that would be the logical thing to do, right? (laughs) Right. Yes, that would actually make sense if they would actually make the universe explode, whether we can do that. Right. So I, they, they do need to figure this out because if they don't, it's going to drive more people nuts. And quite honestly, I think it's going to hurt their storytelling more than it's going to help. So they got to figure it out and let us know at this point. Yeah. Especially if you are going to have Harley Quinn and maybe the big bad of season three. I'm not saying she will. I mean, honestly, that would be like the only reason to bring Harley Quinn in at this point, right? I mean, if you were going to have received something. I mean, the only reason to bring her in at this point would be to, to be a member of the Suicide Squad once Diggle and Lila leave. Or, or have it, her be like the main villain of the Birds of Prey episode that we'll get in the season. Yeah, but I don't think that's going to happen because it's from how they're making well, it seem. Saying, well, I'm just saying that would be a viable reason to bring her in. I'm not saying that they would do that. I'm just saying yeah. that it would make sense. Yeah. Well, how it seems is it seems Huntress is going to be the villain of that episode. Yeah. Really, if she was the villain of the 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 first episode, it would be more more likely to cover everything else, just because of the first episode. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So, I mean, I don't know. It it depends because if if you say it's Harley Quinn and you don't say whether or not it's connected to the DC Cinematic Universe, I mean, you're screwed. Yeah. 
like calling a Harley Quinn. Like, that's all I've seen on Twitter, Facebook, everywhere. That's, that's what they call her. Oh, that's who it looks like. Yeah. I, and quite honestly, the actress who who plays this character and uh, for however long they have her on screen, yeah, I've seen her she, face. She looks exactly like Harley. Not only does she look like Harley, but she hasn't done anything really to deny her the fact that that's who she's playing. In fact, she's almost confirmed it. So it's it like she's not really helping all that much. Yeah, thanks, thanks whoever you are, actress whoever. Yeah, you are. I don't I don't know who the actress is at all, but. Yeah, here's the, here's the, and this is kind of going off topic a little bit, but I, I really, I really want Sarah to not like uh, Helena in the Birds of Prey episode. I yeah, I think that's probably going to be the idea. I, I want, I want to keep that continuity kind of going. That the hunters and the black canary just don't get along. Mm-hmm. So where's Isabel Rocha? She might. I could. I could see her showing up. Depends but, on how they end it with her, though. This season. Make a make a be Shabna's sister. No, it all comes together. There. Well, there you go. <laughs> I'd be. I'd be okay with that. We'll have Brian off the green and play Metallica again. There you go. Oh, that'd be fantastic. But anyway, guys, we've we've gone on long enough with this yeah, episode. Yeah, we've gone on long enough. Thank you guys for joining us, and we cannot wait for the Suicide Squad. Yep, absolutely. Thanks, guys, and have a good one.